Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. On today's episode, I welcome in Joe Hudson, who is a sought-after executive coach and creator of The Art of Accomplishment, an online learning platform for personal development. As a venture capitalist, Joe found that the most rewarding aspect and the part he was most successful at was the mentorship and coaching of the leadership of his portfolio companies. This insight moved him to his present role as a coach, business consultant, and teacher. He now coaches 12 CEOs and leaders in prominent companies and runs transformative programs for both individuals and businesses. He is practicing a craft that makes big, lasting, and overwhelmingly positive impacts on the lives of people in his programs and in the companies he works with. And I had a tremendous conversation with Joe. We went deep into a few big topics. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, please welcome in Joe Hudson. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Good to have you today. Thanks. Yeah, it's good to be here. I'm excited to chat with you. I'm, I, I feel like, especially, you know, understanding your background a little bit, doing a lot of research, I feel like our paths are like parallel in terms of our mission of trying to help transform people positively. And, uh, and that's what I want to chat about. You have a lot of rich experience in this. So I thought it could really help folks that are not, not only scared to start, but maybe don't know how or overthinking it. So, um, I want to go in a few different, uh, avenues if we can, I thought would be a fun starting point is around decision-making. Yeah. If you don't mind, just to say that I look at it just a slightly differently like transformation is definitely a huge part but like my general thesis is that if people know themselves Mm -hmm. then the transformation is natural like it's it's Uh, more about like finding your authenticity than it is about improving yourself yeah so what i noticed is that when folks are constantly telling themselves they have to improve themselves what they're also telling themselves is that they're not good enough the way that they are and that kind of self-abuse doesn't motivate you to do cool shit in the world. Yeah. So just 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 to say like the one of the main things that I've noticed. Now there's some people who can just like beat themselves up a little bit and then that motivates them to do something not that that leads them to happiness or leads them to joy or any of those things but maybe it gets shit done. Well what I notice is that when people really understand themselves then it's natural for us to be creative and do amazing things in the world. Yeah. So that just to. No, I appreciate you that. layering that in. That's really helpful. And what's so funny, you mentioned that actually, it just made me think of, I just saw this video probably a day or two ago, Gary Vaynerchuk posted and this girl that was at like one of his conferences or one of the, the speaks, uh, the talks he did. And she says to him, she's like, I'm going to be somebody someday. And he like grabs her and he says, you are somebody now. And it was like kind of gave me chills just saying it again, because I think you're right. And I was in this point, too, um, as I try to get started is like we don't have the confidence in ourselves of all the things we've done in our lives that led us to where we're at today. Even if it doesn't seem so grandiose to, you know, the outside world, we've done a lot of stuff that we should bank on to use as confidence. Right. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And I don't even. I think there's a natural stage where people move, where there's like, there's a need to understand that you can get things done. Like, and that's, Mm -hmm. I would say the building of confidence. But what I notice is that the more that, um, 
the way I'd say it is the more that I understand myself or the more I see any of my clients really understand themselves, then confidence becomes less and less necessary where it's not about like psyching yourself up or telling yourself you could do it. It's more about, Oh, this is just what I want to do. And I'm not scared of the consequences. I'm not scared of failure. I'm not scared of like, potential misery or potential like feeling like I'm not good enough because I understand myself. And so I'm just going to do the things that are necessary to follow what I want. And I'll, and I know that whatever happens on the other side of that, I'm, I'm okay. And so it's an interesting, even like, and I think there's a need to build confidence at some point in the journey, but even that I think dissipates eventually. Hmm. I like that point. Are you, are you saying that, would you say it's more, I'll throw out these words, bravery, courage, or maybe it's something else. Would you say if it's not, if confidence isn't always needed, what else might be needed? Yeah, I think there's moments where bravery and courage are definitely called for. I, but at some point it just turns into a choicelessness to a calling. You know, like the way that my life moves right now is that it's like, I, I feel that calling. I know the thing that I'm being asked to do, or I, I know the the th- the thing that's calling me and I know through enough experience that not doing that is fucking misery. Yeah. Like to not do that is misery. It doesn't create the alignment in my life. It doesn't create the right people around me that feed me. It doesn't create the and so when I feel that calling, I do it. And and so there's almost a choicelessness in it eventually. And there's moments where you have to maybe build the confidence and get to the courage and all those things. It just, just to say, it doesn't end there. It moves into this, um, into this place where it's, it's, it's almost like, like I would say a surrender into mm. it rather than a force or of will to get there. It's like, oh, this is just what's calling me. And, and I'm asked to do these things. How often, or I guess, how much do you think I've been noodle on this for a while now around this idea of control. And like, cause I was thinking yeah. back on my journey, like if we have control and again, we can't control every situation, of course, but in things, the, the decisions, the things we have control over, it seems like it's much easier to go on a kind of our own path versus being pulled always by other people's decisions and kind of being dragged along. Do you see that as well yeah. in terms of what you're talking about surrendering? It's kind of like, if you already know yourself or you're at least on that path, you can allow that to guide you a little bit clearer, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, how you, the way you're phrasing that, the way I'd phrase it is a slightly different, which is, I would say, if you have a victim mentality, right? It, that is just one level of, that's one way to move that fear moves through us. So like, if you have fear, there's usually the human system does fight, fight, or flight, fight, or freeze. That's like the nervous system's response to fear. There's the people who are like, often really, really going to get shit done in life, like by, by almost, I would say by reflex, not by calling and they're fighters. They're like, when I'm scared, I'm going to fucking do something about it. Like, and I'm going to like, I'm going to go and change the world and make sure that I have, I, I'm not, I don't have to feel this sense of out of controlness. The freezers, when they hit that fear, they are more like they, they have more of a victim thing. And so the mind starts saying there's other people who actually have control over me, but it's, it's like just not true. There's, they think that it's true. I get that, but like 
nobody can really tell you what to do. Like just the fact of the matter is you, you have choice. You, you, the choice might be to not eat. The choice might be to like take a huge risk uh, on salary. The choice might be to risk your marriage by telling your wife what you really want or your husband by what, what you really want. But you still have the choice. But the, but the mind, when it goes into freeze, says that somebody else is in control. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're in the flight, then what you do is you try to make other people happy to feel, to, to de- handle the fear. If, I, if everybody else is happy, then I don't have to be scared. So you're flying away from yourself into other people. And so to me, all of those are an expression of fear. None of them actually lead to where you deeply, where you deeply want to be. Um, but, but when you're in that victim place and you don't feel like you have control over your life, that's, that's a, that's a heavy place to be. I mean, you know, the, like I notice that when people have that tendency and when they move out of that into empowerment, it's just an amazing, it's an amazing thing to watch when people I work with move out of other people have control and I'm like subject to other people's whims to, oh, wow, I can feel these emotions and take the risk and, and do the things because I know myself enough to be able to do that. Mm. How do you yeah. open folks up to, let's go, we'll go on some tangents here. Cause this is really good. I'm glad we got into this. Cause when you're mentioning that, like the flight thing, I'm like, oh yeah, that, that was me like 10 years ago and prior, like that, <laughs> that makes a hell of a lot of sense. Um, but the empowerment piece, like, are there, I don't know if it's a question or two to dig deeper. Like, how do you get folks thinking of where they're at today, wherever that is to get to the state of empowerment? Like, is there anything that just slowly cracks that egg for them to think differently? Yeah, that's a great question. So one of the ways that I look at what I do is I don't get people anywhere, right? So what I notice is that everybody has the, like an oak, like an acorn, it knows how to become an oak tree. So inside everybody is the acorn that knows how to become themselves, like, we unfortunately get taught a whole bunch of things that like stagnates that, right? So there's nothing in an, in an acorn that doesn't know how to become an oak tree. However, if that acorn is like, you know, doused with chemicals or put in rocks instead of in soil or whatever, then it, it has a hard time expressing itself. So to me, it's not about ha- helping someone get there. It's, it's, recognizing that all that wisdom is in there and that all they need is the right context. And then all that, all that greatness of that oak tree comes out. So that, that's how I, and, and in that perspective alone is an empowerment, right? I know, you know how to do this. I don't, you don't need me. And so if I, if even like right away, if I'm working with somebody and I think they need me, or I think that I can help them, or I think that I know their answer, I am disempowering them. If I am solving their problems for them, I'm disempowering them. If I don't think they can handle it, like I'm disempowering them. So it's really more about what I don't do than what I do do. But if, if you want to, the, the main thing is the perspective that I hold for them is you're absolutely capable. There is nothing wrong with you. That like all these things in your in your head, that all these stories that you tell yourself, you can't prove that they're true. You, you're convinced, I get it, but you can't prove that they're true. And so one of the things that I will do on a, I think about 
transformation in the three brain way, right? Which is there's the intellectual part of the brain, there's the emotional part of the brain or the mammalian part of the brain, and then there's a nervous system, like more reptilian part of the brain. And if you want transformation in a, in a, with alacrity, you have to address all of them. And so in the, the intellectual side, I really will help them deconstruct the negative self-talk in their head. Not, and not not replace it with like, oh, you're great. You're wonderful. You can do this. I, that 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 has a lifespan. It doesn't work it, 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 except for like short little sprints, right? That's why people are like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to lose weight. And they're really good for like two weeks and then it all goes away. It's because they're trying to prop this thing up with with like, oh, you can do it rather than just like see through the bullshit that your brain is telling yourself. So that's one on the emotional level. It's all about allowing yourself to feel the things that you don't allow yourself to feel. Because when you learn to appreciate all these feelings that you call negative, that are actually like great signals, and they, they tell you a lot of amazing things, and they give you a tremendous amount of freedom. When you learn to like really enjoy those emotional experiences, then you're not scared of the consequences, right? Because we're not, no one's scared of being homeless, People are scared of feeling homeless, right? Like, like if I told you you were going to be homeless and you were going to be happier than you've ever been and you're going to feel like satisfied with like tremendous amount of purpose and, and uh, like a sense of peace and joy that you've never experienced, like homeless, like it's the feeling that we project onto the thing that we're scared of. So that's, and then on the nervous system, it's really about learning to enjoy yourself. It's really about pleasure. And because our body, when it's under, when it's in, in enjoyment and gratitude and pleasure, then we're not like looking for the next foot to fall. And when we're not looking for the next foot to fall, that that's when like a lot of our energy can't be, can't be moving towards creation because we're constantly looking, we're playing defense. Hmm. Yeah, that's really. So, so those I do that create empowerment generally. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I like that. Go back. If we go back to the intellectual because you mentioned about, yeah, I yeah. think, and this is, we see this a lot with the new year's resolutions, right? It's, you know, yeah, yeah, hap yeah. happening right. right now. What is the, is it more putting systems in place that you're going to continually just work toward and kind of chop away at? Like, I'm trying to think like, what's the best way for folks again, that are maybe trying to get started where they're like, well, I, my idea was to say, I'm going to go to the gym two hours a day to get in shape, but maybe that's not the best way. What would they replace that with? What's like a good starting point to replace that with from the intellectual side? I'm going to enjoy exercising for 45 minutes a day. Hmm. So no goals, no, be no, besides just, Hey, I'm going to go there. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's the, the act of just being there, just putting yourself in that environment. Basically. It's the act of enjoying. Enjoying. Okay. Okay, so what, here's what most people do. I'm going to go work out, and I'm going to do it like X times a day. And then they beat themselves up to get there. And then when they're done, they beat themselves up because they didn't work out enough. Right. And then they come home, and they're tired. And instead of realizing that their body needs rest, they beat themselves up for not going the next day. Like that, and then they're like, why don't I exercise? Well, it's because you punished yourself in every fucking step of the way. Yeah. Every single step of the way, you're just punishing yourself. Yeah. That's, and so, yeah. So, wow. Imagine that two, two weeks after punishing yourself, beating yourself up, 
and giving you negative reinforcement for every aspect of going to the gym. You're not going to the gym anymore. Surprise. Like, you know, it, rather than, oh, what do I do to enjoy exercise? How do I like look at every way to enjoy exercises and, and keep that? I'm going to exercise and I'm going to enjoy it. And then let it that transform over time. Like if it's just pickleball, then just play pickleball for a while. And then like, okay, now I'm going to go to the gym. How do I enjoy going to the gym? So when you think about enjoyment, part of it is what are the things that I do that are enjoyable? The other part of it is like, how do I enjoy what I'm doing? And so like right now, you and I don't have to change anything. And we can think to ourselves, how do we enjoy this moment? Or for the listener, like how do you enjoy this moment of listening to this podcast 5% more? Yeah. Hmm. And there's, there's, there's something there. We can actually do that as well. So we can enjoy the, whatever we're doing in the gym as well and learn to enjoy it even more and more and more. Yeah. And then why not do it? I'm fucking enjoy it. Why would I not do it? Like we do things we enjoy all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, you make a damn good point there. Cause it's like, I mean, I think of this, I guess, cause I do a lot of CrossFit and I started this, I'm, I'm as I'm rolling off my tongue, I'm chuckling because I'm like, I'm trying to become a runner. And just because yeah. it's something totally outside my comfort zone, I do not like running, but I yeah. am trying to find enjoyment in it, which is interesting that you say that of like, how can I, not that I have to run, I don't need to run a seven minute mile. I don't know if I'll ever do that. But the fact right. of just going out there and just whether it's a certain small little win, I think for me, it's actually just being out there like, wow, you're outside yeah. and you're running. I've been thinking about that the last couple of times I've gone out. So anyways, yeah. that's, I for think that's me, interesting. Yeah. For me, the running thing was it's like I am going to like I'm going to go like four miles. Let's say that I think was my goal when I did this one experiment. I'm going to run until I stop enjoying it and then I'm going to walk. Mm-hmm. until I want to run it and then I'm going to run until I stop enjoying it. And that was my, like, how do I enjoy running and that, but, and have this like set of experiments to enjoy running. And that, that was how I did this, like a similar thing. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a thousand different experiments one can run. That's not the one I prescribe, but there's just a thousand different experiments you can run to figure out how to enjoy the thing yeah. rather than, you have to do this. If you don't do this, you're not going to be happy. Why didn't you do this? Blah, blah, all that crap. Yeah. Just not effective. And everybody knows it's not effective because it's like when you, it's your 50th diet. It's your 70th time that you've told yourself you're going to plant the garden. It's your hundredth time that you said you're going to get up on the roof and whatever. Just doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, finding, I mean, because again, it's a great point to noodle into like finding just even if it's a, something like I'm trying to learn something new or I'm gonna, the roof's example or, or hey, I, yeah, I've been doing this DIY project I've been talking about like finding enjoyment and just the learning of it. Like, oh, this is interesting. I'm going to have a new skill after this or I'm going to I'm going to expose something I didn't know before and taking that approach versus oh, I got to get that done today and like beating yourself up for it. It's like try, it's I mean, it's changing your mindset on like how you approach any activity. And I think that what's what's interesting, what you're saying is. It's not just for that activity that relates to everything else you do after that, because now you start thinking differently about other activities and other things that you do day in and day out. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's the whole way through the activity, which is interesting. Like, so for instance, I'm working with a new uh, man who's, who's, who's like running our company and 
and we had this incredibly successful launch of one of our courses and he was saying, oh, I noticed that I'm like just beating myself up for all the things that I could have done that I didn't do, even though like we had, we went way exceeded the goal. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, how do we, how do we enjoy that? And how do we enjoy actually getting like this thing? Like, how do we celebrate like that? We, we achieve this goal. What is that like? And so inside of the company, he decided what he wanted to do. He's like, I don't, I don't want to go drink. I don't want to like, I want to actually just have gratitude for everybody who, who participated. So he got the nine people who all got it together. And there was this like 30 minutes where everybody got to express gratitude for what had happened and felt really, really great. And, and it was like just this wonderful thing that like totally transformed. And now we want to work together and do another project even more mm. than we did before. The best part about it was one of the people who's kind of new to the team writes this email and says, man, that brought up a lot of anger for me, that gratitude thing. Like I just got angry about that and yeah. sad. And, um, and she goes, and I sat with it. And I was like, it makes no sense. And then she, she said, I was just angry and sad over all the times that I could, that in work we could have celebrated that we could have appreciated and we never got to. Oh, wow. Okay. It was like, so cool. And so, yeah, it just, just is super effective. It's super effective to enjoy yourself. Yeah. I, I guess maybe on a, a similar path to that, we'll, I'm going to kind of hop, hop scotch to something else because you've been yeah. meditating for like 25 years, right? Something like that. More than that. Isn't that? Yeah. I haven't, I don't keep track, but yeah, probably to, to 20. Well, the yeah. reason, yeah, the yeah, reason yeah. I bring it up yeah, is you have 29 years, something like oh, that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. The reason I bring that up yeah. is because I find that, at least for me, and I don't meditate consistently, maybe as I'd like to, but yeah. when I do, I find that brings me more calmness, more gratitude, leads to having more peace of mind, I guess, and, and to that enjoyment. So I'm kind of curious maybe to, and you can, maybe it's meditation, maybe it's something else, other folks where they can find something to latch on to, to help them get to that state. Is it meditation? Are there other things that you would encourage or... Yeah, so I'm I'm definitely not a meditation teacher, and a, um, it's not really a big part of anything that we do. But it is uh, something that I enjoy, and I think that's again the main thing. So what I notice in meditation is that most people, when they approach meditation, it's just self management. It's like ha they're sitting there and they're like, "How do I get? You know, I need to be more quiet. I need to be da 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 da. I need to da 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 da. Like it's this constant like self management, which is not fucking meditation. It's absolute torture mm -hmm. and i know because i did it for a decade right so <laughs> i i know how how much pain that is rather than like oh i'm gonna sit here and i'm going to not manage myself or i'm gonna sit here and and enjoy whatever comes up including pain suffering whatever like how do i just like welcome whatever is here into it like a and welcoming creates this deep enjoyment of meditation so so I would say often that's like the same thing I would say if you're approaching meditation, it's not so much about what you do. There's lots of great things. There's breath work and there's yoga and there's Pilates and there's meditation and there's prayer and there's journaling and there's, you know, there's so many activities that we can do that center us or ground, you know, Qigong that ground us that allow us to have a more settled nervous system. But if you do it with a, I got to get somewhere, 
if you do it with uh, I'm trying to manage myself, it just doesn't work. So to me, it's more about the way that you approach it to make any of these things work than it is. Mm-hmm. And, and, and part of it is if you're trying to change yourself, then it's less enjoyable. You're less likely to do it. If you're like, this is an experiment, I get to play, I get to enjoy, I get to discover myself. That's a far more replicable thing that you want to do over and over again. Well, I guess in terms of that, just let's just take the broad brush of self-reflection, like with, with the folks that you're coaching and working with. Because obviously, yeah. if you're help, if they're exposing themselves, I, I find this is again when <laughs> I know this from my own life. But again, a lot of folks that I talk with, like it seems like distraction. They would rather distract themselves than actually sit yeah. for ten minutes in silence and think about how to solve problems yeah. in their life. Do you find that's maybe the biggest hurdle for most folks to jump, or is there something else you'd share? People are distracting because there's an emotion they don't want to feel, right? Like. Mm-hmm. What happens is something comes up. I don't want to feel that. Boom, I'm on my phone. Something comes up. I don't want to feel that. Boom, give me the alcohol. I don't want to. Boom, I'm going to talk about gossip with my friends so I don't actually have to feel what's going on. So, and and neurologically speaking, we know this. Like We know that the decision-making part of our brain is the emotional part of our brain. So we, like, if I took the emotional center of your brain out, then... Mm-hmm. It's something like it'd take you 10 or 20 minutes to decide what color pen. It would take you three, four hours to decide where to have lunch. Mm. So we know that the what we're basically doing is avoiding an emotional experience or running towards an emotional experience. And so distraction is really uh, means that you haven't like learned how to fully welcome the emotional experiences and and see like the joy and and the pleasure and the signal of all these emotional experiences. Mm. So to me, distraction is the symptom. The cause is like a lack of emotional fluidity, a lack of um, really allowing and connecting with all the emotional expressions that happen in you. If someone's had that though, for most of their life, how do they, I mean, besides, besides again, maybe them exposing it or telling them like, how do they recognize, all right, this is happening. I'm, my, I'm reaching for my phone. I need to pause yes. and stop. Like, how do they do? I mean, I guess I'm just kind of curious. Like, how do they go to that next step? Because it seems like it seems so small, minute, but yet it is a massive leap. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing, the thing that I notice is that ooh, there's a lot of answers to that question. But the thing that I notice is that people really underestimate realization as a form of change. So what I notice people do is they have this moment of epiphany, they have this realization, and then they immediately jump to what do I do to maintain it? Oh my God, I realize I have this moment of like, oh, sugar fucking sucks. I don't feel good 30 minutes later and I'm using sugar because I don't want to feel these three emotions or this emotion. They have that epiphany. And then the very next thing that they do is they go, how do I quit eating sugar? And that step slows down process, the process of like not eating sugar so much. If instead it's like, here's this thing, oh, I'm going to actually like feel this in my whole body. 
oh my gosh, I'm going to actually feel what it would be like, like all the shit that I'm going to have to deal with to not eat sugar, like the chocolate in the bowl and the blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let this really, I'm going to have, I'm just going to be grateful as hell for having seen it. I'm just going to be like grateful for it. Right. And then I'm going to like, if I eat sugar, I'm going to like really be aware of like just that awareness of what does it taste like? What's happening in that? Like, that is going to make the change of sugar happen a lot quicker than, okay, what are the three things that I need to do to quit eating sugar? So that's, that's one aspect. The second aspect is when people think about how I'm going to quit eating sugar, they think willpower, mm. which doesn't fucking work. Like there's decision fatigue. It's a psychological phenomenon. We know about it. Like if you put candy in front of you you're at some point you're going to eat the damn candy right so then how do you set up a system where the candy's not in front of you how do you set up a system where you've replaced what the candy gives to you with something more healthy how do you set up a system where you uh, stop the kind of behavioral pattern of like every day at two o'clock this is what i do i eat this candy like and so when two o'clock hits, I'd naturally want candy. Like, how do you interrupt that? So, but instead what we do is we say, okay, I'm going to stop candy without actually having all the things in place that act will help us. Like, because we can't do it. And once you realize that willpower is not going to get me there, then you set up systems in your life that are going to help you support you in that process. And then the other thing that happens is that if you tell yourself you can't do something, eventually you rebel against it. So like, this is a kind of advanced hack, but it's a really cool hack, which is I can eat sugar anytime I want. Really makes sugar unappealing. I can't have sugar. I won't have sugar. I'm not going to have sugar. Eventually that shit cracks. So there's a way in which you constantly remind yourself you're a choice. You get to you get to choose. That's another like thing mm -hmm. that helps. And then then the other thing that happens is in the way the the mentality works is someone like they have that one piece of sugar and they go, "Ah, fuck it. I fucked up. Fuck it. God damn it." I guess that sugar and then they just are like right back on the wagon of like inhaling as much sugar as they can hand, handle, right? And so mm -hmm. That's another part of it, which is like, oh, I had sugar. Can, can I be grateful for that? Can I be kind and gentle with myself around that? Or am I going to beat myself up and just go, I failed and fuck it. And then go right back into the thing. And so I think there's all sorts of little itty bitty movements that help us in the process. But the biggest one is like, how do you fully allow awareness to do its work? Well, I and I like that too, the rebellion side of just of like, yeah, because okay. you have to make that choice of if I, if I have the sugar, it's okay. It's not going to, the one time's fine. But you know what? I'm going to make the yeah. choice next time not to. And again, it's, it's a calmness with yourself. It's a, it's a generosity to yourself. Um, yeah, I really like though, the realization of, of change because yeah, you're so right. Going back to what we started with, with like the, the fitness analogy, the new year's resolutions, like if you said to yourself, Hey, you know what? Every hour on the hour, I'm going to do 10 push-ups. I'm just going to do it throughout yes. the day and I'm going to make it, well, it's easy. It's right here. It's, you know, you don't have to have any body weight versus the, I'm going to go to the gym on the elliptical for two hours and I'm going to, well, once something gets in the way, 
all of a sudden you break that. So making it easy, being able to make it digestible. I, so I like the, you have to realize those steps forward. Like, ah, I'm not going to be able to drive 20 minutes to the gym every day. Or, oh, or, you know, I forget my gym shoes all the time. Okay, let me make sure they're in my car the morning up. You know, like stuff like that to help you get in the way of actually being successful. Absolutely. And part of it also, a, a deeper level is the identity, right? Like when people talk about, yeah, I don't like working out. They're defining themselves as not liking working out, mm -hmm. right? Or I, I'm impatient. They, they define themselves with this impatience, which may or may not be true. Like sometimes we don't see ourselves clearly. Sometimes we do. Um, but there is a way of like, how do you change the way that you define yourself? And this is actually the, like, the trickiest part. One thing is as you change your habits, you start defining yourself differently. So that helps. Mm -hmm. But there's also a way to reverse engineer that where you start like a gratitude practice is a great way to do it. I'll give you the example. So I have a problem with money. Someone defines themselves with, I have a problem with money and I don't have enough money. Right. And so all their life, they're having these thoughts that are like, I don't have enough money. I, I have to fight for money. Why, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like they have this thing. And then they decide I'm going to do a gratitude practice where I'm going to just be grateful for everything I fucking have. We are in, most people who are listening to this podcast have a tremendous amount of resources, but we're walking around thinking that we don't have anything. And having worked with billionaires, I can tell you it doesn't fucking change. There's a lot of billionaires that I know who are just also driving around right now in their car thinking, I don't have enough. Yeah. So it doesn't like, it doesn't change. And so, okay, now I'm going to have gratitude practice. I'm going to spe specifically have this gratitude practice of all the things, all the things I do have. Oh, wow. I have this home. Oh, wow. I have, um, you know, the ability to have this microphone and ability to do a podcast. And I have like, I have this garden and I have like, I have food on my table and whatever. And you, and you have a real experience of gratitude, not like I'm just saying it, but you actually allow yourself to feel that gratitude. And you do that for three months. Your definition of yourself changes. You're like, oh, I, I'm a person with a lot of shit. And then you walk around the world acting like you're a person with a lot of shit. And then more shit comes to you. Like, that's how it works. And so, like, if you can use a one, there's many ways, but you could use a gratitude. Like, oh, I'm really grateful I went to the gym today. I'm really grateful that I want to fucking work out. I'm really grateful that I'm concerned about my exercise. I'm really grateful that I found a way to work out with a friend because that's more enjoyable. I'm really grateful that like, I just did 10 sit up, like all of that, like that redefines who you are. Gratitude is an incredible tool to, to redefine the way you view yourself. Well, and there's others. Well, and that, that's another tool that. Yeah. Well, I like, that. I want to, I want to hear about that. If you have it, that the abundance mentality is so key because again, it's a trickle down effect to even the other stuff we were talking. How do you get away from a victim mentality? Well, think in terms of abundance. Think of you have a, you have a good life. You have so many opportunities that come to you every day. It's, are you always looking at, cause we've all been around those folks and we've been those folks ourselves, but you know, those folks where it's always negative, it's always complaining. Yeah. It's always, and it's like, Ooh, God, that's not, that's not how I want to live. And if you kind of have your, your ears and eyes perked open, we realize we do that to ourselves, you know, and we do that more often than we probably want. So I think that recognition, yeah. the awareness that we are talking about, I think is so important. And then putting that into gratitude practice. 
Yeah. Like, here's an example of it. Like if, if you're look around wherever you are right now, everything that you see somebody made money on everything that you see, like if you're watching this video, like the art on my walls, the paint on my walls, the person who built the windows, the people who shipped the windows, there's not only, not only is there somebody made money on everything you see tens of people, maybe hundreds of people made money on everything you see. And if you look at the world that way, if you see the world as like, and like all look at all these opportunities, mm -hmm. what do you think the likelihood of you finding a way to make money is then if you're looking at the world and be like, making money is so hard. It's so there's not a lot of ways to do it. I'm really like, there's only like three options and I don't like any of them. Like, just, like so that to actually that, like that flip of a switch is really effective. If you just see the way things are, if you just see yourself the way you are, then all of a sudden these, this optionality opens up. Yeah. Well, I think you see, if I'm remembering, we can fact check the internet on this, but I think so. When I was doing some research, you had the, you have these like rapid fire things you do with the, the courses and workshops. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I think the, the one you had, the lady you were talking to, she, I think it was something around money where she was like, like, I feel selfish making money. And you're like, so if you had a hundred million dollars, and other people had a hundred million, you would feel self. And it was kind of like an epiphany right there. She was like, Oh, I guess that's not yeah. true. I don't know if it, if you recall that, but it's kind of interesting as like, again, turning our perspective, we have such a, a mentality and a lot of it probably from childhood. It's how do we actually yeah. shape, you know, shape that a little bit differently going forward. Yeah. Those rapid fires are really fun to do in courses. It's like, you have these 10 minutes with people and they have these huge like epiphanies. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, yeah. God, there's so many things I want to get to. Um, I might have to have you on for a part two, if you're cool with that. Uh, that'd be a lot of fun. Of course. Yeah. Um, of course. Tell me a little bit about, so, so the workshops and courses, tell me a little about that, what y'all are doing with it. What you're excited about maybe going forward. Yeah. The, there's a, um, I'm sure we, we can put it in the show notes, mm -hmm. the, the link that escapes me. Um, I think it's view.life something, but um, uh, yeah, we have these like little teasers for people to come some, I think every once in a while, like once every six months or something, I'll do like a rapid fire coaching to the public. Um, and we have these little mini workshops so that people can decide if it's right for them. Mm -hmm. um, um, and then we have the introductory course is something called the connection course, which is all about learning to communicate better, learning to be in con connection with yourself and in, with others, which is like kind of the basis of enjoyment. And then, um, and then also how to have productive conflict, because we noticed that a lot of people, it's like that potential conflict stops them from doing a lot of stuff that they really want to do in their life. Mm. And so, and then we have a decisions course, a great decisions course that we do once a year. And we have masterclass, which is, and those two are very intense courses and have it like yeah it's just amazing the transformation that people go through in those courses um and both of them have again like an intellectual and emotional and a nervous system component so that we can really help people um see themselves more quick clearly more quickly mm. are, those, so that, are those are those self-paced really or are those like uh what like or they have like a cohort based or how, how are those structured Oh yeah, man. Those that like, uh, it, they are unlike, I think almost any course that you've had. So, so there's, 
in many of them, there's one-on-one -on -one work where there's a, you have a partner and then there's a small group mm -hmm. depending on the course. And, and in those small groups, it's not, there's, this is not like intellectual learning. There's podcasts. So you can like our podcast has learning. And so we have some of those podcast segments that you take in the course to learn like intellectually, mm -hmm. but the rest of it is you're running experiments with each other. You're, you're having experience, you're creating experiences with one another so you can learn something. Like we have an experience of like, what is it to live in a should compared to what is it to live in a want? Or what is it to uh, handle a trigger this way? What is it to handle a trigger a different way? So there's all sorts of things that you literally get a felt visceral experience working with others. And so there's this great relational part. And then there's a time to process and an online thing. And there's uh, facilitators and coaches and many of the courses. So for us, it's like you, we really want to give people all the support and we want it to be incredibly entertaining and enjoyable to do. Mm. So people finish. And because of that, I, I think we have like, on average, I think we have like a 97% completion rate, something to that effect, maybe oh, wow. 95 if you go through all the courses. Yeah. So we have this crazy completion rate because it's just, it's very engaging. Well, I think a lot of like the self-paced courses, digital courses, it's like 43% because people just stop. But I think if you have the human connection there, it, it kind of has that accountability factor to it to keep you going. I think it's a lot less. I think it's something like 10%. It might be. I don't think. <laughs> Maybe I'm giving yeah, too much credit. Great. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we have a we have a high one even for for cohort based. Yeah. So but yeah, it's yeah, it's just it's a very unique experience. And there's a lot of people in our groups who who literally like with the master class, I know groups, some of the small groups inside of the big group, let's say we have about 80 or 100 people in a master class. And then there's these groups of six. I know some of them who like stayed friends for four years, like the, oh, wow. they, they go deep. Oh, wow. That's, That's really pretty cool. cool. Yeah. All right, Joe. So last kind of thought here as we leave folks listening in, what's something if some folks are trying to get started today, what's the first yeah. step, anything tactical, actionable you would share with them, maybe a question to ask themselves, you can kind of take it however you want. Anything you would yeah. share to help them today just to kind of move off zero? To just go from zero to one. Just as zero to one, something they should think about, act on, something they should maybe do to, to be different than they were today. Um, <laughs> so I, I want to give, I want to give this thing, but I wouldn't give this normally, but in the context here, okay. I want to give it. And the reason I say that is because probably this question has been answered by a ton of the people in your guests. And there's a whole bunch of answers about like motivation and mm -hmm. let's do it and just see yourself and everything like that. And so if somebody's actually has an interest in this question and has listened to all of that, none of that shit has worked. So I'm giving it, I'm giving a piece of advice to the people who none of that other stuff has worked. Okay. And so here's the piece of advice. Tell yourself 20 times a day, you're not allowed to do the thing. So let's say it's do a garden. You're not allowed to do it. Joe, you're not allowed to do that garden. Joe, you're not allowed to do that garden. No matter what you do, you're not allowed to do that garden. 20 times a day. And eventually you will fucking rebel and you will do the damn garden. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Hey, Because everybody, yeah. everybody else is giving you some way to motivate yourself. If it hasn't worked, then that means you rebel against the own voice in your head. 
So make the voice in your head say the thing that if you rebel against it will be the action that you want to take. I love it. Awesome. All right. That's the, that's the advice. That's the actionable item today, Joe. Man, thanks so much. This is a lot of fun. Um, I'll put everything in the show notes. Um, I appreciate it. Where do you uh, spend a lot of time online? Any fo- Anywhere folks can say hello to you and uh, I don't know of any yeah, social channels. Twitter is, is where I engage generally. Okay. I, yeah. I, and I love great questions. And if you, if you listen to our podcast, artofaccomplishment.com, there's places where you can put questions and I'll answer those questions. Every once in a while, we'll do a podcast where we answer questions. So those are the two places. Awesome. Joe, thank you so much for being on, man. This is a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, everyone. And just one more quick thing before you head off on your day. If you're enjoying this podcast and are looking for other resources and tools to help you get started and move forward toward a happier and more fulfilling life, then I'd encourage you to head over to my website, brianondraco.com, and hit the subscribe button in the upper right corner. There you can find my newsletter and blog subscriptions, where I share insights and information around getting unstuck, perspective, mindset, relationships, habits, and much more. If you get a chance to sign up, I hope you enjoy. Thanks again for listening in and have a phenomenal day.